back, Thong Earthlets! My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 Collected Episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of 2080 thrills and storylines in one place so you can listen to them in one go. They're a great accompaniment to reading the 2080 collections that Rebellion publishes, or just to hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. Holy Joe Smith! It's time to take down some droids with Robo Hunter! This tale of robotic mayhem started in August 1978 in Prague 76 and ended in, in Prague 112, though it spent some, t some time on hiatus from Prague 85 to 99 to make way for the Star Lord merger. The script droid was John Wagner, the uh, writing is T.B. Grover, the art droids were Jose Luis Ferrer for the first three progs, and then Ian Gibson for the remainder. The learning robot was Peter Knight. The storyline is collected in the digital omnibus Robo Hunter Droid Files, Volume 1, available for download from Rebellion. So, Robo Hunter! Man, more than any uh, thrill before it, Robo Hunter mixes humor and action in a way that actually heavily favors the humor, which is which was unusual for 2000 AD at the time, but has increasingly become something that has become part of the progs. You know, having fun characters and jokes to go along with the blasting explosions and cool robots is the defining characteristic about robots, about Robo Hunter, and balancing the two is so important to telling good Robo Hunter stories. The team of Sam Slade, Kid, the spaceship pilot turned toddler and robo tracker cutie is one that is fun and surprisingly or is a team that is fun and surprisingly competent and wagner does a great job making virtus seem like a real if ridiculous place but maybe even more than the writing in robo hunter what shines is the awesome art from ian gibson the level of detail he gets into with every page the silliness and the scale of virtus is really a testament to gibson as an artist while reading Robo Hunter, I'd suggest looking for the details in the background of the art. There's often smaller gags in there that you can miss if you're just skimming through. Paying attention to detail is always rewarding, both when you're reading Robo Hunter and when you're going Robo Hunting. And with that, let's get to the recaps. Episode 22, Prog 76 to 79, August 1978. Thrill 1, Robo Hunter. So, all of Robo Hunter. That, so Robo Hunter this month is written by either the script robot is either T.B. Grover or Mike Stott, and the art robot is uh, Ferrer and Gibson. Okay, so before we get started in the actual story, I want to talk about the uh, the protagonist of this of Robo Hunter. The name Sam Slade. That's S <laughs> L A Y E D to you. Ooh. But not really. He's a uh, S L A D E. <laughs> <laughs> but so so slams so so Sam is kind of an old guy. He's got a a blaster, a vest, a sweet uh, baseball cap, and he's definitely not Han Solo. <laughs> exactly, and he's got kind of a, a scattered de device called a robo a robometer, who's named Cutie and kind of looks like like a caricature of a blonde, like of a of a ditzy blonde, and like, talks like a ditzy blonde, which I really like. Yeah. She's like uh, the uh, the Venus of Willendorf, but for a Playboy playmate, essentially, for um, for the uh, debonair re uh, listener or whatever. Wow. His main ex uh, Sam Slade's main exclamation is "Holy Joe Smith!" So he might be some kind of future Mormon. I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, and why not? 
This whole story takes place in uh, in the t in the Judge Dredd timeline. Um, Slade lives in Mega City One, and but it starts in uh, in 2140, so about 40 years after our current Judge Dredd timeline. Oh, cool! So like. You know, I can't guarantee that, like, right now, <laughs> or maybe a couple years from now, like, at some point, we'll, some of the past events in this comic will actually happen in Judge Dredd, you know? I can't promise that. It might happen, but and we, and we should keep an eye out for it, but, you know... The fact is, there's enough time travel within the Judge Dredd timeline that, little th that there can be inconsistencies with this sort of thing, and so it's better not to make a big deal about it. <laughs> I gotcha. Hand wave. It's uh, it's science fiction. Yeah. So let's get to the story. All right. <laughs> Chairs. Ah. We start God. with we start with Sam on the on the hunt for a rogue robot. He takes down a bunch of random robots and then finds his quarry, Frank, a robo couch on the loose. They um, really didn't explain why he had to kill the first two or why they wanted to kill him. They were like protecting Frank because <clears throat> he was on the run, I guess. Man, bad robots helping a bad robot on a lamb. Mm. <laughs> so uh, Sam gets Frank to submit, and he drive and he rides home on Frank, who is a also a flying robot couch, I guess. Yep. When he arrives the office, there's a, uh, a a beautiful lady who like puts the moves on him. But Sam recognizes this as odd <laughs> as odd behavior because he's an old guy. So. <laughs> He basically mushes her and it goes straight Austin to powers like, that's not a woman, that's a robot, baby. And then uh, cracks her in the face. Yeah. Turns out to be a robot. But the robot was sent by these two dudes, uh, Roger and Chan, from the International <laughs> Space Commission. Chan is a Asian guy who speaks in like full-on like hop-sing, um, R's and L's transposed kind of dialect. Uh, Conrad is saying very nicely that this shit is deaf, super racist. I mean, this isn't a huge part of the comic, so I don't. I don't want to sort of. I'm trying not to present Robo Hunter as a racist comic. Like th this it's guy deaf. shows up once or twice, but this is a caricature and not cool. Um, yeah. But so they sort of lay things out how in 2080, overpopulation motivated an effort to colonize off-world planets, including um, or especially the paradise world of Virtus. A yeah, a robot SJ-1 was sent ahead to basically set things up for when the humans arrived, building robots and amenities and things like that. But in 2110, once Hyperdrive had been mastered and they sent out uh, humans to colonize the planet, they were never heard from again. And over the last few years, they've sort of sent a bunch of different missions of varying kinds to try to find out what happened, but they've never heard back from them. Oh, snap. Who are they going to send? Well, they believe the robots have been have taken over, and so there's no choice but to send Sam Slade, the world's greatest robo-hunter. Because he totally knew that that one chick was, uh, you know, a robot and not and he's human. got a 40 year, 40 years of experience killing robots. <laughs> okay, well, not so for long, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, they basically say, take this mission or get shot in the head, so he takes the mission. <laughs> He, uh, he writes his will and prepares to head out. Yep. <laughs> so, so next up we see Sam. He's flying to Virtus on a ship piloted by this guy, Commander Kid, with two Ds. And he's a child. 
Well, as they fly, there's a problem with the ship's shield. Oh, no. And apparently, um, the waves of unshielded hyperspace has aged them backwards. So that Sam Slade, once sort of an old guy, is now a young guy again. And, and Commander Kid, Who was once uh, figuratively a child, is now also literally a child. Yeah, he's, but he's like, he, re- he retains... So he turns into a baby. Um, <laughs> but he retains his um, knowledge and ability to talk and find motor skills and stuff. So he basically turns into the baby from like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, essentially. And a uh, comic book first over that movie, this baby smokes a stogie. It's true. I mean, I feel like, I don't know if I want to say that's the first, the first time that's ever happened, but it's definitely, um, it definitely is something that's happening before it happened in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that's for sure. <laughs> so, they get land on the planet, and they're greeted by a horde of robots, oh jeez. <laughs> oh man, so yeah. much- Robos. Slade, Kid, and Cutie are captured by the robots. The robots are able to cut through the walls of their ship like it's nothing, and Slade's blaster has no effect. The robots take them captive. They it's pretty cool because they sort of like this giant robot um eats them and then they land inside his belly, which is a big cage. Have you um, ever have you ever been to like old McDonald's that have um like playgrounds outside that are like made of metal? Yeah. Okay, have you ever seen the ones with, I think it's Mayor McCheese, where you can go into his head and there's just bars all around his face? I don't think I've seen those ones. That sounds horrifying. It's a nightmare fucking fueled thing to climb into, but this reminded me a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah, so he gets tossed in the belly of this robot. And they um, they don't acknowledge Sam and Kid, or uh, Slade and Kid as humans. They call them, they, they keep calling them Sims. And they're taken to basically a concentration camp full of humans in wall after wall of ce- of cells. They're all insane from their ap- captivity because they've all probably been there for like 10 or 15 years. Or, you know, 10 to 30 years. And <laughs> everybody's crazy. And it looks like all the colonizers have been put into concentration camps in this way. Uh-oh. Yeah, things are not looking great for people. Yeah, so uh, Sam, Kid, and Cutie roll into the human concentration camp. They're tested by the robots, and apparently, it seems like the robot thinks that hu- think that think that humans aren't humans because the humans can't do advanced mathematical equations um, quickly in their head or instantly like in their robots head, can. like robots can. And like, I forget if they say it here, but eventually, basically, they've been told that humans are in every way superior to robots. So <laughs> if humans are bad at math, then it means that. That they can't be humans, they got to be simulated humans there to test them or something like that. Just weird. So, Sam they get them naked. Yeah, so they get them naked. They test them. They scan and they give them their clothes back. And they've been categorized as Sims to be ground up and used for fertilizer, which apparently is a lot of humans in this concentration camp. Things are yep. extremely grim. But Cutie has a plan, and basically. She needs a sample of the metal from the robots here, and then she could use that to retune Sam's blaster so that it could actually do something. And things get a little bit rated PG-13. <laughs> well, they send um, they send Kid out in his diaper to grab Sam, uh, Sam's blaster. When he does, he gets grabbed by a robot and tossed back in the cell. Um, as he does, Kid bites one of the robots' um, hands. <laughs> 
and gets basically a metal shaving sample on his on a chipped tooth and there's a, a kind of gross set, set of uh of panels where sam reaches his finger into kid's mouth to like wipe a sample off of kid's tooth and then puts his finger in cutie's mouth to like give her the sample and i don't know <laughs> it's it's the shot like the angle of the whole thing that really makes me just like mm, okay that's fair um <laughs> But so they, using the metal sample, they are able to retool uh, Sam's blaster, and he shoots his way free, and we're back in business. It's time to hunt some robos. And he looks pretty great. Looks like a Sylvester Stallone character with a baby riding on his back. <laughs> exactly. Also a solo with a girl on his belt. Anyway. Yeah. It's great. He's, got a, he's got a lot going on. I think that's true. There's a lot of style in this comic. Um, I'll be pretty honest. I like a man whose job is just to shoot robots who are probably definitely evil. I mean, they're they're taking humans and grinding them into fertilizer. Like, there's not... That's usually pretty evil. You know what I yep. mean? I, I figured that they had some Asimov laws in them, like, don't just kill all the things. But well, whatever. Even if they have Asimov laws that require them to not kill humans... They don't acknowledge these guys as humans, so they've found a way around the loss, you know? What a twist. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We haven't oh, even gotten that be, part yet. We're going to be really sad, Conrad. You're going to be really sad. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, but pretty, yeah. you know, we're off to a good start, I think. Like, the, uh, the de-aging stuff is kind of interesting. Um... It's really weird how much they set up stuff on Earth with uh, Sam at this point, just because he's going to be on Veritas, on Veritas for a long time. I mean, it you get the sense that, like, in the early panels, he's still able to dispatch these robots fairly quickly, but he's already kind of talking in his own head like, man, I'm getting really old, eventually something's just going to fucking kill me. And then two guys show up and they're like, we're going to fucking kill you unless you try to kill yourself on this planet. And he's like, yeah. Well, here we go. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly what I was saying a moment ago. Yeah. That I didn't want to have happen. Traveler, so anyway, he starts as kind of this, just like God, this shit sucks, and then turns into hero guy because of you know plot reason that he's young again, which I yeah. like, and I like a baby hanging around his head. But. It's fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, good start for Robo Hunter. Now he's got to take down all these mutinous robots and stuff. <laughs> Episode 24, Progs 81 to 85, September and October 1978. Thrill 1, Robo Hunter. So, <laughs> Robo, <laughs> Robo Hunter, the, uh, the script robot for Robo Hunter's TB Grover, the art robot's Ian Gibson, and the lettering robot is Steve Potter. So, just to remind you, Sam Slade is the Robo Hunter. He's on the planet Veritas to put down a robot revolt. He's got his blaster back, and it's time to blast some bots. Um, Not to mention his trusty cigar. Yeah, he's got a cigar. He's got a weird ball cap. He's accompanied by the pilot of his spaceship, who is named Kid, and has been de-aged because of uh, improperly shielded hyperspace jumps to now be a uh, a baby. But with the brain and and like motor skills of a man. Yeah, it's a who, who framed Roger Rabbit kind of situation. Yeah. Um, 
And then he also has uh, Cutie, who is his robo-scanner that, for some reason, looks like kind of a busty blonde lady. It's pretty great. Yeah. So, Sam Slade, he's got his blaster back, and he's got time to blast some bots. He takes down robot guards of the human prison he's currently in and tries to free the humans, but they've been in prison so long they don't even know what freedom means. Yeah, they're really weird and gross and kind of zombie-ish. Yeah. Meanwhile, Slade and Kid decide to get busy living instead of getting busy dying because they're getting out of prison. And so they there's there's an especially good shot of the baby with a blaster saying "Die, die, 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 die." <laughs> so they take a uh, reprogrammed truck robot, and <laughs> Slade, Kid, and Honey blast their way through into the massive city of Verdus eventually breaking into a random apartment door where they find the place full of modern amenities, all of them robots. There's no escaping robots on this planet. Yeah, everything in the house is a robot, and it talks, and it's got its own personality. Yeah, so we start the next frog with, in this robot apartment of the future, everything's a robot. The chair, the trash can, the teapot, even a pair of shoes. They all just want to be used by humans, but all yep. they see is this sim in their apartment. Yeah, this is where we learn that the robots all think humans are sims, simulated humans, because they think that humans are superior to robots in every way, and naturally actual humans are not superior to robots in, in every way. They aren't as good as math, they can feel pain, etc. Um, Slade explains how this stance is dumb, because like, why would they build <laughs> robots if they were better than all of them? Yeah, they're like, we're gonna, we would totally use you, and then they're like, oh, maybe we should talk about this. They yeah. talk about it. So uh, while the robots kind of deliberate, they let uh, Slade and Kid take a nap on the robot bed. <laughs> um, Who abstains from voting? He just votes the majority. Mm. As they do, Sam has a bad dream that kind of rehashes the story so far. Oh, I mean, it starts sexy. Complete, it just gets yeah. weird. <laughs> With some extra babes, and then the UN guys come and tell him to go, and blah, blah, blah. But then everyone turns into robots, and he's like, whoa, why are these hot chicks robots? Ah. Mm-hmm. He wakes up and learns that the robots have, eventually, have basically voted a stalemate. So they're going to send Sam and the robot boots to find SJ-1, the first robot on Virtus. Um, And, of course, the only robot on Virtus that's actually met a human at all. And it's very strange what this robot got relegated to. Well, yeah, but first I just want to say that a kid stays behind as a hostage, so it's just Sam. Oh, yeah, he's collateral. Yeah, so Slade follows the robot boots to find SJ-1. Along the way, they get attacked by robo-police, and they have to escape. Sam Slade actually puts on the boots, which then start running really fast, like 60 miles an hour, so fast that Sam falls down and gets, like, dragged by the boots. And then uh, I think Blondie, like, scolds the shit out of boots, like, hey, you're hurting him, you jerk. Yeah. So eventually they find a, they, they took a robot cab to the robot records building. And the cab's really excited because it never gets to get used. Yeah, it's no fares because it's all just robots. <laughs> <laughs> they find the location of SJ-1. Slade kills a bunch of robot guards and the robot librarian that helps him. And then he gets back on the cab and they're all going to process plant 8883 in City Sector 12. He sure is killing a lot of robots that are strangely helping him. Yeah, buddy. So, the uh, Prague 
83 starts with my favorite line, which is, um, oh, wait, no, Prog 84, I'm sorry, starts with, I'm Sam Slade, I'm on the robot planet, I'm in trouble, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> the process plant is a robot recycling center. Thousands of robots wait there for their deaths. Um, which get- is pretty gruesome because you get a lot of idea of, like, the diff- they have personality. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. They're definitely sort of very cognizant of the fact that they're about to be killed, but are also sort of okay with it because they're just kind of robots. Um, It's very bizarre. Yeah. But I really love this part of the comic. Gibson draws this huge mass of all these thousands of different kinds of robots, really, and it looks really cool. And then just like the sort of industrial center of this recycling plant is really complicated and built out and stuff and just the detail of the art and how it makes this place look really huge and awesome is very good art especially as you go lower in that uh descending shot that's where all of the fine line work comes in right because it's meant to make it bring it more like closely together for perspective and it just makes it more detailed as it goes down which i think is really gorgeous yeah, so uh, the boots goes to like a, a a robot guard and asks where SJ One is. Meanwhile, Sam gets caught by two other robots, and he basically tricks them into allowing him to shoot them both in the head with one bullet, and then he uh, uses their corpses to make uh, a robot disguise. It's really horrid. The whole thing. And like the way he makes them, he makes the robots put their heads together and then say, we're going to California. And then he shoots them both in the head. It's like some of mice and men stuff. Basically. Oh, it's really bad. If you, he, uh, he murders two robots. Yeah. But you know, they would have killed him, man. You can't stop sympathizing I, with these robots. Fox. All I'm saying is if he can get them to put their two heads together like that, he could probably convince them that, you know, go over there for a really long time. All I'm saying is that these robots kill a man as much as look at him. They got a whole human recycling hey, plant turning humans into fertilizer on this planet, a man. Sim. They just don't realize it yet. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Sam's so so Sam uses the uh, the dead bodies of these robots to uh, make a sweet uh, forklift robot disguise. <laughs> that's basically uh, just that's basically just his regular clothes and then sort of the scaffolding of a forklift on his chest that he's just like gripping onto, walking around looking real dumb. Yeah, uh, but there's reason because of the well, nameplate. Yeah, it, it marks him as a level two robot, which means that he can order around um, lower level robots. In this case, he uh, tells a whole swarm of tiny level one robots to go kill themselves. Which is horrible. Basically out of spite. Uh. <laughs> and eventually, they uh, Salmon Boots finds their way to SJ-1. And SJ-1 is just kind of sweeping the floor of the robot recycling power. But now with a broom, uh, plant. a robo-broom. Well, he's got a broom. It's just also a robot. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's kind of crazy. He's, or he's kind of gone daft. He's a, he's a wood-burning robot. <laughs> and yeah, it's bizarre. He has, like, a boiler and stuff. And so when he sees Sam, and like, you know, the first human he's seen in a long time, he gets so excited that he lets out the pressure on the steam whistle, which summons the guards, which forces Sam and the others to have to fight their way out. Eventually, Sam reprograms one of the guard robots to help them escape, and they make it out, and then it's just Sam, SJ-1, the boots, and the cab on the loose. 
And with that, we sort of end with a cliffhanger for Sam Slade. He'll be back soon uh, in Prague 100. Take a breath and a bow, man. Damn. <laughs> I love Robo Hunter, man. Or like <laughs> this um, this early Robo Hunter, I really love. Um, I think it's really good. I'm not gonna lie. There's sort of some mid '90s Robo Hunter that I'm less a fan of, but this early stuff, like Ian Gibson's art, is really amazing. I really love him as a uh, as a especially a black and white artist, actually. Um, yeah. And just this story is really funny and kind of has this like kind of semi noir like first person dial like first person narration and then just the absurdity oh, of all these of all these robots who are just sort of sort of jollily dying and killing themselves and stuff is very kind of I, uh, very charming it, I think it's schlock as hell it's so great uh, like everything is a fucking robot which yeah. is genius. Um, I love that he's just, he's got a baby for reasons. He's got a, a chick on his belt for reasons. Yeah. He smokes a cigar. He is not a great dude. He's just like, he's just like pest control, but he's the best pester in the entire world. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that's what really adds to this like charm. He's this roguish dude. <laughs> All he does is take these like thinking, walking, feeling beings and just sh- <laughs> or murder them indiscriminately, which by the way, it's my biggest problem with it too. But I fucking love this comic. Yeah, no, he uh it's good man. He which we call it. <laughs> yeah, he just he kind of smokes cigars and uh kills robots and that's and what's not to like. I well, it's it's weird like it just delivers on a solid story, like mm-hmm. around that, right? Like, what do you do when you land on robot planet where you sent the robot to? The logical thing is find that robot. He wasn't he wasn't really able to do that, but kind of lucked into it. Uh-huh. And now we've got this, like, I don't know, real good story going. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for what they come up with. So. For sure. Yeah, no, Robot Hunter is going to be real exciting when it comes back someday in the future. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 30, Progs 98 to 101, February 1979. Thrill 6, Robo Hunter. Oh my god, the exact opposite. <laughs> so so Robo Hunter is written by uh, John Wagner as T.B. Grover, the arts by Ian Gibson, the letterings by Steve Potter. Robo Hunter's back, oh yeah! So uh, Sam Slade, expert robo-hunter, he's been sent to the planet Veritas where robots have taken over. It was supposed to be a human colony, and robots were sent to prepare the way, but now they see all humans as simulated humans or sims, and they just kind of kill the sims out of hand. (laughs) So Uh, he gets a little bit of catch-up in the first couple pages. Yeah. So now uh, Sam, along with his robo-scanner cutie, and the first robot who landed on the planet SJ-1, and a pair of robot boots... And uh, Kid, who was the pilot for, for, for Sam to arrive on Virtus, but an ex- an, a faster-than-light travel mishap has de-aged him to a baby. Only <laughs> they can stop these robots. Yay. When we last left off, uh, Sam and the Boots had found SJ-1 and brought him back to a robot apartment where they were hiding out and were holding Kid hostage until they verified if Sam was a human or not. SJ-1 convert- confirms that Sam is a human, and a decision is made to help Sam fix the planet. After much deliberation, uh, while the humans watch crazy robot television, the plan is formed. 
They'll take the sewer system, of course, because it's 2000 AD and everybody takes the sewers. <laughs> to find the head of Virtus, the big brain, and explain the situation to him. And then some creepy robots happen. Yeah, the team hits the, hits, hits the manhole <laughs> and gets into the sewer system. They're immediately attacked by robot rats shouting, Impurities! <laughs> What's to be done? Well, shit'll get real weird first. Yeah, so robot rat, rats attacking. They clean the sewers automatically, and Slade and kids seem like huge messes. <laughs> Luckily, our guys manage to escape them by jumping into a pool of water, which kills all the robots. Mm-hmm. But then a giant version of the same thing, a sewer crocodile, comes up and which swallows you. It's giant, and it swallows them whole. Inside the sh- inside the thing, it looks like it's actually a ship being operated by a lonely robot named Bo. Which is oh, really funny. great, yeah. Sewer robot named Bo, buddy. <laughs> he fishes our guys out of the muck, and then basically, eventually, challenges them to a game of Robopoly. Which ain't. If they win, they can go. They'll take them wherever he wants, and they can go free. If they lose, they'll be stuck on the garbage ship, keeping Bo company forever. Man, I really like the art in this uh, in the second Prague. Yeah, Ian Gibson draws some really fun stuff in the course of Robo Hunter, and this is really the start of it, where it's like just these Robo rats and the giant um, ultra-sized Robo crocodile and stuff. It's really awesome. Mm. I just I, the inside is especially really cool. Like all the water, the sketchy looking pipes, and like whirring machines. Yeah, everything's really like detailed, and there's a ton going on in every picture. Like they end up being to me kind of like those old uh, Mad Magazine pictures. Sometimes yeah. where, you look, where like it's a big crowd scene, and it's just full of little things going on, and sometimes little jokes and things like that too. Yeah, it's really nice. It's just very detailed, and it's good to see Robo Hunter again. Yeah, man. We're gonna be with this. We're, we're, we're gonna be with with Rebel Hunter for a while now. Um, it becomes a pretty regular uh, feature for a good amount of the next maybe year or two for 2080. Uh, that's fucking sweet. Yeah, there ends up being some crazy social commentary stuff. But we'll get to it later. Oh God. <laughs> Episode 31, Progs 102 to 106, March 1979. Thrill to Robo Hunter. So uh, Robo Hunter's script robot is John Walker again as T.B. Grover. And then the art robot's Ian Gibson, or Ian Gibson, and the lettering robot is Steve Potter. So, okay. <laughs> when we last left off on Robo Hunter, our guys, Sam Slade and Captain Kidd, were getting eaten by a giant sewer robot ship as they were making their way to the big brain, the ruler of Virtus, where robots have taken over and imprisoned all the humans thinking that they're simulated humans. All right? Cool. But then... Ins- inside the robot is a lonely and semi-crazy robot. Oh, inside the big sewer robot, there's a smaller, lonely and semi-crazy robot named B.O. He's challenged our guys to a game of Robopoly for their freedom. Which is basically Monopoly, but with robots as your game pieces doing stuff. It's everything's a robot. And robot themed, of course. Of course. The the problem is that B.O. cheats a lot. Yeah. The uh, game looks pretty cool just because, like I said, yeah, all the game pieces are living robots. And they they talk and they run around and kind of do some funny like Keystone Cop stuff and things like that. I like that the hotels were called Rotels. Yeah. <laughs> but the guys are worried about ever being able to escape from this um, sewer ship. 
Luckily, during their game, SJ-1 knocks on the door of the ship, which distracts B.O. and allows Slade to convince the game pieces to cheat in his favor instead. (laughs) So Sam quickly wins the game and is given a ride to the home of the big brain, the ruler of the planet. Now it's time to head in. Cause it's, oh, yeah. Because it's a big brain, so you head... Okay, so uh, we, <laughs> we're making our way to Robo to Robo HQ. Um, after making their way through a mass of robot society that just doesn't notice that Sam's a Sam and Kid or humans are not, they make their... What? Yeah, it's cool, man. You see a bunch of like robots complaining there's no humans for them to do their robot duties to and stuff. <laughs> but they make their way to... The robot parliament, which apparently Big Brain keeps around mostly just for for laughs, I guess. It's very strange. And there's a big session of like the parliament floor, and there's all these parties that are silly. Like there's like like the angry party, or the stupid party, or the very silly party. And there's even a neck party. Yeah, there's a fun party, and. <laughs> I assume there's some kind of political humor going on here. Like some of these robots are caricatures of politicians. But again, oh, sure. I don't know. I'm an American in 2017 and political jokes in the from the UK from 1979 are outside of my... I, I can't <laughs> even figure out how to do it. Um, <laughs> they get... Sam and company get attacked by robo... By guard droids and they hide in the offices of the head of the very stupid party. And after Sam fixes the head of the very stupid party to make him smart, mostly well, just by removing his Groucho glasses. Yes. And what, what he had specifically said was like that he's been living this life of torture because he's always been forced to play the stupid robot right. and not be smart. <laughs> so weird. But after fixing that, Sam climbs into the air ducts and makes his way to <clears throat> the big brain. Which gets really weird. Yeah, so Sam's climbing through the air ducts. Along the way, he uh, kills some more robots just through the ducts, like stopping Sam extermination orders and stuff. And he finally reaches the big brain, who is talking to some robot caricatures of religious figures. There's like a robot bishop, there's a robot rabbi. and And they're looking very swag. Yeah, and the big brain is super smart, mostly because he's built... A huge hourglass brain basically atop his head that's made out of sim brains, a.k.a. human brains. Yeah, he looks kind of like if Mar- Marvin the Martian's face, but then you attach a giant thing of glass to the top of his head. Yeah, like a giant top of an hourglass to the top of his yeah. head full of brains. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because like the big brain's like, all right, yeah, here's your problem. Uh, also, guards, please take Sam Slate out of that air duct. <laughs> you know, get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> He's super intelligent, man. Yeah. So uh, Sam attacks, but the big brain has powerful mental powers and redirects and like telekinetically redirects the beams that Sam shoots. God, it's like it's really just he there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. Luckily, however, the big brain is also smart enough to be willing to listen to reason and has SJ one <laughs> and all the top robots of robot society brought to his audience chamber to hear the situation. Uh, Sam and SJ-1 lay it out, and realizing that Sims are actually human, and thus that he's been complicit in the imprisonment and murder of thousands of human beings, <laughs> including the ones that make up his own super brain, it drives Big Brain insane. Um, like, like really, he thinks he's a child. Yeah, like, like 
put him in a wheelbarrow and cart him off as he sings Daisy, Daisy, tell <laughs> you know, give me your answer, do all that stuff. Amazing. Um, so most of the robots uh, swear loyalty to Sam, the main human available, mostly except for monocle wearing General Two. He swears that his army will stand against Sam and the forces of Sim humanity. Uh, it's going to be war, but first, hail King Sam. Yeah, Sam is made king almost immediately. So trucker Han Solo, who's who's really good at shooting robots, is now king of Robotopolis. Yeah, Virtus, for sure. So what's follow- we we spend one prog sort of litigating that there'll be a war, basically. You know, so general there's general one and general two of the uh, armies of, of of Virtus. They disagree as to whether Sam is a sim or not. Meanwhile, Kid, who's also been acknowledged as a human, is having a good time lording it over newly servile robots, like <laughs> ordering them to self-destruct while smoking fine Havana cigars. It's ridiculous. After a uh, after a spanking, Sam take Sam and Kid go to the robot parliament to try to stop the conflict. Sam argues again that humans aren't Sims, and after a brief conga line by the by the fun party, um, which great war is on. So let's fight. It's uh, and now is when Ian Gibson's truest abilities shine. Yeah, I should mention so that. Amazing. Yeah, Army Two is basically like black and has a ton of tanks and other vehicles, and like General Two is is really like round and kind of German looking and has a monocle and stuff. Oh yeah, big time. Then Army Two is white. With, and it's mostly infantry-based, like a bunch of robots with like sort of World War One infantry helmets and stuff. Their general's very thin with kind of a mustache. And as the war begins, the fighting looks amazing. Like Dude. like Fox said, yeah, Ian Gibson is going off with awesome, intricate detail on all the troops and the action as they clash. Like there's so much little, big stuff and little stuff going on, and multiple pages of just huge masses of robots um, smashed into each other. Actually, all this, all the stuff this month has been really awesome. Like the the full chambers of Parliament, the huge mm-hmm. um, tunnels full of the masses of robo of robo humanity just walking around doing stuff. Oh yeah, they're all, like, like what's what's nuts is you could just kind of pick a platform or something going on, and there's some amount of detail put into it that just really makes the whole thing feel alive. Yeah, the whole thing just it always reminds me of those like Mad Magazine like two page spreads where like the whole thing is just a huge crowd scene and there's thousands of little mm-hmm. jokes going on constantly. This is a lot like that, but it's just these different kinds of robots doing different kinds of things and fighting and being, being awesome. Basically. It's really cool. Like not to mention that the story just completely goes like escalates really, really fast yeah. <laughs> uh, into, into Sam being King. And I love I love an unlikely king. Yeah. Like uh, Val Kilmer from Willow is an important person for reasons. <laughs> but so the battle rages. This includes some bots getting shell shocked and being forced to self destruct. But eventually, part of the line falls to an army to war wagon, and Sam and kids stay behind to fight. In a daring move, Sam takes down a big vehicle with precision grenade throwing. One <laughs> war di- wagon down? Nope. Uh, that gigantic monster vehicle over there is the war wagon. Dude, big jobs. 
serious big jobs next episode <laughs> hot shot for cutie oh my god but yeah like i said um, just the art and like the the, the art's really tipping <clears throat> over for for robe for robo hunter it all looks so good and then the story is just absurdity at its best like they just send up they send up the military politics everything <laughs> it's a really cool like not like social commentary but also just kind of like absurdist like delight basically well, I love it because it just it starts like this slow burn of just like, oh, here's some things going on and they're making progress and they're just trying to get there, right? And then it's just them taking a big Tonka truck and just running everything over and just going <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like they built this whole thing up only to just like cathartically tear it down in a really, really cool way. Totally. Uh, I loved it. Episode 32. Progs 107 to 110. April 1979. Thrill 2, Robo So, script robot for Robo Hunter is John Wagner, writing as T.B. Grover. The art robot's Ian Gibson, and the lettering robot is Steve Potter. You made me sad. Yep. <laughs> it's <laughs> going to happen. So, the team has been taken hostage by Army 2. They were swiftly captured by the endless troops held within the war wagon. And Which, now, what the hell? Like, why did one side just get the awesome robots and machines and the other side, what, like... You know, they were building for different things, you know? Just I gen- guess. General One sort of had some ideas about foot troops and he didn't realize that when you've got robots, you should probably have a bunch of tanks, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's one of those, uh... It's one of those, po- you know, uh, World War One kind of things, I guess. But... <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Yeah. But so, uh, they've been, so, yeah, so Sam Slade, Captain Kidd, Cutie, his robo-meter, the robot boots that have been following them around, and uh, SJ-1, the first robot, have all been captured by Army 2. They're taken to the, to General 2, to, uh, here, to get, to, to, to get a death sentence, basically. They'll be carried out in an hour. Things look grim, especially as we see General 1 retreat and hightail to safety, just completely beaten. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, he's a real, real cad, real bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the end, when the guards come to kill Sam and Kid, it's Cutie who saves them. All robo-meters have built-in explosives, and Cutie sacrifices herself to save Sam. With words of... It's true, man. With words of love on her lips, she dies, destroying the robot jailers. Sam picks up one of his rifles, damns these robots, and says, let's make Cutie's death worthwhile. And then he goes about doing that by killing a lot of robots. Goes in a kill crazy rampage. He's it's running, awesome. He's running through the hallways of Army HQ, murdering every robot he sees. As they leave HQ, they see the entire city, and the world is tearing itself apart with war. They hail a robot cab, same one as before. Oh, snap. And something's got to be done about this whole situation. But what? As they drive around, Sam gets an idea from hearing the radio, the like robot planet radio. The team drives over to the station, avoiding a sec, uh, second army troops when and their grabber tanks. <laughs> At the station, they find a singing Frank Sinatra dro- droid playing to a bunch of ha- of hand clapping bots. Oh my god! 
Sam kicks them all out and then starts grabbing random pieces of gear all around the radio station. He's building an Amstrang oscillator. My favorite part was that the manager started yelling at Sam, and the way that he just dealt with it was like, nope, gonna just shoot ya. (laughs) Yeah, he's through with the answering questions part of the story. Yep, it's just all murder now. (laughs) Yeah, the Amstrang oscillator will destroy every damn robot on the planet. If they get a chance to use it, though, they're currently surrounded. Oh, my God. We end this and month. And then it's a baby with a gun. Yeah. With a kid who, yes, is a baby with a rifle, holding off the RB2 bots as <laughs> Sam builds. As the oscillator nears completion, SJ1 has a thought. If the oscillator is used, won't it? But then he forgets what the last, uh, what the last part of that sentence was. with the troops breaking through the doors and all about to be lost sam activates the amstring oscillator and it works it destroys the robot boots and sj1 and all the army two robots that are attacking it kills both the generals as general one signs his surrender in the robot parliament as the robot bishop and the robot rabbi address the government everyone in the chamber is destroyed in a smoking mess even it's super bizarre. Even B.O., the janitor robot, decided that he's tired of having lived in a sewer robot for 40 years and tries to leave, dies as he tries to escape his ship. So, yeah, you know, just a bunch of people that we met who are robots get killed. All robots Robot. everywhere are dead. Another successful genocide for a 2080 <laughs> hero. But hey, wait. SJ-1 has old-school circuits that might allow him to be saved. Let's do it. Oh, my God. Next time, Kids' Revenge. Super dramatic Robo-Hunter story, man. Uh, Cutie uh, sacrificing herself is hella sad. It was uh, one of my favorites. Uh, in fact, when he goes on the Kill Crazy Rampage, he it, like the scene is a silhouette of her behind him as he's just shooting a gun everywhere. <laughs> nice. It's just really yeah. well done. And for a character who's brought up very minorly, like how he interacts with her versus everything else in the world is so different. Yeah. Uh, that it mattered when it happened. For sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a cool sacrifice thing and just generally a cool. And like uh, Gibson's art remains awesome and really del- uh, uh, intricate and detailed. And just everything's full of little jokes and little action sequences and stuff like that. It's really true. It's a beautiful freaking book. <sighs> yeah, man. Yeah, like all the all the cityscapes and all that stuff are super duper awesome. And it's just lots of explosions and blowing things up now. That's right. And speak. Yeah, we're only uh, we we've only got two more epi- two more progs of Robo Hunter left. We'll finish it up next episode. Next episode. Oh, holy crap. Which will be exciting. Episode 33, Progs 111 to 114, May 1979. Thrill 2, Robo Hunter. Mm, sad to see it go, man. Yeah. Robo Hunter, script robot is John Wagner, writing as T.B. Grover. Art robot's Ian Gibson, lettering robot is Steve Potter. So, when we last left uh, Sam Slade and Captain Kidd, a Robo Hunter, they had used a device to kill all the robots on the planet, but uh, they fa- but Sam saw that the circuits of SJ One might allow him to be saved. So they're doing hurried robot surgery to save the wood-powered robot SJ One. 
And what comes back is not normal. Well, you know, Sam's able to save to save his life, but he had to bypass some brain circuits, and so. <laughs> Yeah, you know he's a little crazy, basically. M- meanwhile, uh, you know, Virtus burns, <laughs> which all, and like really burning. I mean, all of the anti, everything that could possibly stop fires, were what was robots. Um, you know, <laughs> everything. Period is robots on this planet. There's nothing that can stop this whole planet from burning to the ground. Basically, well, that's true. The entire planet is robots. Yeah, and now they're all dead. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is horrible. I mean, you know, Kid oh. thinks it. Kid, Kid agrees. Uh, Captain Kid agrees with me and thinks it's pretty funny because Slade <laughs> was supposed to to save the, this planet and has instead completely destroyed it. Also dead. Um, all the humans that were in uh, captivity in the uh, sim farms and stuff like oh. that. I mean, at this point, they'd m- many of them had been in captivity for at least ten, if not like forty years. So they'd probably, yeah. so they, you know, we'd when we last saw them, they would all kind of gone around the bend and stuff. Of terms of like just having permanent trauma from being um, imprisoned and tr- untreated and treated poorly by robots and stuff. Yeah. But they were still humans, and now they're dead directly because of the actions of Sam Slate. The ones that don't die in fires will starve <laughs> to death in prison. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Anyhow, you did a really bad job. Yeah. So, um, you know, also destroyed are the circuits of their escape ship, so they can't leave. Great. Luckily, Sam is a wizard with fixing stuff, and he manages to fix the ship, and we're off back to Earth. Though, since only Kid knows how to fly a spaceship, he lords it over. He's going to lord it over Sam for the whole trip, starting with forcing him to be kicked to to get a kick right in the bum it's true he gives him a swift kick bum is british for butt anyhow (laughs) so a kid and slade fly back to earth acting out kids weird domination fetishes until they finally arrive on earth and get a hero's welcome like really weird yeah like kids spanking and horse riding riding around yeah it's uh, i don't know but uh so kid ends up at the welcoming ceremony, Kid ends up hogging all the hot babes until oh, a... I was about to say, like, holy crap, that's the only way that you can classify these press women is that they are space babes. Oh, yeah. Listen, and Ian Gibson horrible. Ian Gibson knows how to draw a space babe. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, it's very true. But Kid hogs all the babes until a nandroid, which is a nanny droid, Natch, shows up. Uh, Sam dumps it right in the cage. Yeah, Sam gets a debrief and breaks the news that Virtus is completely destroyed. His masters at the UN, Rogers and Chan, decide to cover it up so that they avoid lose, losing face as well. There's a finally a hero ceremony, and as the doddering SJ One just starts handing out candy to people and stuff, invisible candy. During the ceremony, Kid snaps and starts shooting everyone up. <laughs> and in the distraction, Slade escapes and rides off into the sunset in a sweet convertible with a trio of space babes. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. He makes sure to throw the medal he won for his actions on Virtus um, off the off the side of the car and onto the road just behind him as he, as he drives away. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> but, uh, like, he... He went to a planet 
mm-hmm. after killing some rob and killed some robots. All the robots, robot friends, then killed all of the robots, and that was oh. after convincing the brain thing and doing all this stuff. Then he came back after getting spanked a lot, I imagine, mm-hmm. and then like. Then just lets kid like rampage for a little while while yeah. he's just like okay well I'm young and, again and I'm gonna go uh, be with some space babes yeah the whole thing was covered up by the government it's good times <laughs> it's just that's how this ends I love this story I love yeah it's a total like Seinfeld ending like no learning no hugging like we're just all <laughs> amoral jerks trying to get ours and that's good enough. It's amazing. Um, this this was a really really good part of this. Uh, yeah, this week it's good. It. Yeah, it's a bummer to lose Robo Hunter. Uh, Sam Slade will return in February 1980. Nice. And that was Robo Hunter. <laughs> I should apologize for some of my coverage in there. I'm positive I confuse Army One and Army Two a fair amount during the recaps and. All I can say is I, I have to apologize. Uh, I'm a human, not some sort of recap or droid, despite what other people might tell you. <laughs> Anyhow, Robo Hunter will return in February of 1980 in Prague 152 with the Day of the Droid story, where Sam gets a pair of new assistants, and then continues in 1982 as he travels to Britsit. My top Robo Hunter moments are one, I'd say the just the, seeing the array of armies. Uh, both of Army 1 and 2 as they begin to fight, seeing these two very different but clearly related robo-armies is very cool and just a great example of uh, Gibson's art and his and all of his, the details he puts into individual pages. Um, another one's when we learn the dark truth of what happens to synths under the robot regime on Veritas, which is surprisingly dark. They just turn them into pesticide, I guess. You know, for sort of a story that we think of as humorous, I'd say. Uh, and speaking of which, I'd say the be- one of the greatest br- moments in the first Robo Hunter story is the ending. Just how Veritas gets completely destroyed, both the humans and the captive robots all killed. Then Sam coming back, and the government guys just giving him a medal to try to sort of paper over this like great tragedy. And then him, the first chance he gets, sort of riding off into the sunset with a bunch of space babes tossing the metal out of the car behind him. It's just inky black dark humor and really an amazing choice for what's, you know, basically a, a children's comic in these early years of 2000 AD. Robo Hunter, like I said, it's, it's fun and funny. It does a great job of melding memorable characters with amazing world building and art. The only bummer I, I, I have about uh, Robo Hunter is just that it only shows up now and then in the prog. Though, from where I sit writing this, I'm very excited for it to start in 1982 and then have a big run for a while. Uh, we should, um, and of course, we'll be having a collection for the Day of the Droid storyline before you know it. Yep. <laughs> And that's it for our episode. I hope you enjoyed it and our coverage of Robo Hunter Veritas. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at Cradleline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com or on the 2080 forums, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or our Twitter pages, on Twitter or at spacespinner2k, everything else look up spacespinner2000, and we should be there. And for everyone out there, thanks for listening to this Space Spinner 2000 collection. We'll be back soon with awesome 2080 action. 
Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the Space Spinner 2000 Collection for the Robo Hunter and Veritas storyline. Spundig Verthrig! <laughs> <laughs>